We got episode 19, I think it is now. We got the return of two very special guests. We were previously talking about the game where Michigan demolished Ohio State. We're talking about a, I would argue, equally important topic today. It is the season opener of season three of Ted Lasso. We've got the return of Zachary Jennings and Jacob Jennings. Guys, thank you. Welcome back. I appreciate you being here. I got to be honest, it is a big honor to come back on this extremely respected podcast. So thank you for having us back. Oh, I, I I was just going to say it's always a pleasure, man. Love talking with you. Thank you so much for letting us back here on the pod. Listen, I'm glad. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to say we got family. We got half the driveway podcast. It doesn't get better than this. I was going to say I, I was glad we were good enough in the first episode to make a second appearance. Please, by the way, this is this is the second appearance of many more. Okay, we we got a ton. We got this is too much content. Okay, well. We had, a, again, very important topic today. We're talking about season three opener of Ted Lasso, the long-awaited season three opener, where it felt like it took ages to finally get the release date, which I believe was March 15th. It was last Wednesday. We ourselves, we just watched it together a couple of days ago. We've got a lot to talk about. Just people are kind of, you know, understanding what the, the topic here. We, you've got Ted Lasso. It, it was kind of a, a spinoff adaptation of a commercial that came out a long time ago about an American football coach who goes to, to, uh, to Britain and becomes a a football coach in the the soccer term, not American football, right? But Jason Sudeikis, it's a tremendous amount of Emmys. By the way, the release date that it had, March 15th, gives it, it just barely squeaked into the upcoming Emmy Awards season. So it's eligible. They couldn't, like, it was like the last day they could have started the season. So something to think about. They definitely, they want their awards. They're coming back for hardware. Um, But yeah, so, you know, the first thing I want to talk about, we're going to get into the episode, of course, but it made me think about, season openers and how important they are not so much just like a pilot episode the first episode of a series but like just like your random like season two season three first episode because the reality we're always thinking about season finales you know and because they're so important they it's the lasting feeling before we spend you know this whole kind of off season before the next season or you know in the the streaming era the five minutes we get up to go to the bathroom before we start the next season you know so but the openers they they set the tone you know, they tell us what, what kind of storyline should we be expecting? You know, what what are, what kind of, you know, character arcs are beginning in this season? And it made me think about the value of season openers and, and some of the best ones that I could think of. So I made a list and I wanted to see kind of what you think is the best of these. And then maybe where, you know, we'll try to figure out where te- the Ted Lasso season three opener kind of falls into the mix. So I want to throw a couple at you guys. And if you have any other ones you want to throw at me, feel free. First one, I don't know if you guys remember this, uh, the bat. Season two, episode one of Drake and Josh. You got Drake not eating junk food, Josh not playing video games. That was a great one. That's a, one of the highest episode, rated episodes of, of the series. It's it's a mess. It's chaos. I love that one. Um, next up, we got uh, That 70s Show, season two, uh, episode one. It's called Garage Sale. It's where Hyde, uh, he just gets all of their parents incidentally high on brownies. That oh, yeah, yeah. One. So... Uh, you know, another just iconic episode, right? I mean, imagine Red Foreman, you know, under the influence. I mean, of marijuana. I mean, that that's wild. Um, I mean, if you think he was going to get mad at those kids before and put his, you know, his foot in their butt, I mean, it's going to happen for sure now. Uh, what else we got? We got um, How Met Your Mother season five opener. That's the one where Ted isn't sure how to spell professor when he's up like writing professor on the big chalkboard. Like, you know, there's two F's or the two S's. 
that's one of the greatest scenes of all time. It is. And who knew that the mom was in that class? I know. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. And you know, what else we got here? Um, I tried doing with Breaking Bad. There's some really high, highly rated season openers, but the season finales are just like, they're in a different league. So I, I, instead of Breaking Bad, I thought I'd do Bojack Horseman season six opener, a horse walks into uh, to rehab. Um, I mean, Bojack confronts his past, you know, that's for you get the beginning of the downfall. Um, and I think this is probably the, this in my opinion is the best season opener of like a non-pilot episode that I've ever seen. And it's the office season four fun run. Michael hits Meredith with his car. Dwight kills Angela's cat and the office discovers Jim and Pam's relationship. It goes public. So, I mean, that's my winner. I don't know if you guys have any opinions about what the best season opener you've ever seen is. That is a great list. Um, I don't have anything to add because I think you had, I don't know how many were on that list, but I think there's five or six. Yeah. You, you hit the top five or top six of any TV shows. So um, the, there is one thing like the, in the office, the season, I think it was seven opener. I don't, I don't remember the whole episode, but I remember like the first scene before they played the uh, introduction to yeah. the episode. It was like, they were singing that song. They did. What was it? What is it called? You did it in high school. A lip dub. They were doing a lip dub. A lip dub. <laughs> that was awesome. I forgot about that. So I was a big fan of that, but I don't know what happens in the episode. I just remember that being so iconic. Yeah. It doesn't matter, man. That's a great. I love when shows do that, where they have kind of like a one scene that isn't really related to the rest of the episode, and mm-hmm. it's just like hilarious. And then just boom, theme song, and then you get into the you know the meat of the episode. That's awesome, Jake. Any closing remarks? I got nothing. Uh, I'm not well versed in the TV space as much as you guys are. Listen, we hit we hit some big ones. That's all that matters. Maybe who knows? Maybe Ted Lasso season three opener. In my opinion, it, it at least competes. I thought it was really good. I, I thought it was good, but I thought you know it wasn't like a normal Ted Lasso episode. But again, I think it was just setting the scene for the rest of the season to follow. So I understand why it wasn't like super. I I liked it too, but I didn't love the episode. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure I'm going to love season two or episode two, episode three, episode four, all the way to twelve. Yeah, it felt like an episode that's kind of like setting everything up, you know, and I I read this really good article from The Ringer and I was talking about how Ted's kind of existential, you know, ambiguity about whether or not, you know, am I, is this my future? Like, why am I still here? It kind of mirrors the show's future as well. Is, is, is the show going to go after season three? Like, does it even know? It feels like it's kind of the end. I think for Ted, it feels like it's kind of the end for him. It was a really good article. Um, And I thought it was pretty fascinating. And I thought it was a great episode overall. That is a fantastic comparison. Oh my god! I wish I could say I came up with it, but it was—I thought it was pretty cool. That was brilliant. Um, but so anyway, Zach, I know you took some notes, Jake. I know you got some things to say. I wanted to throw a couple things. For, we can just kind of—we'll take turns, maybe. I, I had something I want to throw at you guys, and I think—I think the first thing we want to talk about it for me—it's it, just—it's Nate. I think we can't to not. Look, I'm not. Who cares about the plot of the episode or anything really in life? other than Nate, because they found a way to make him worse. They, I mean, now I guess he dyed his eyebrows to like match his gray hair. And he's like full, like, first of all, like he dyed it. Okay. It looked a little bit too clean now. Anyway, you know, I mean, you got the spitting thing. He doesn't deserve to drive an Aston Martin. Rupert, you, you, you bought an Aston Martin for the wrong guy. He can't pull out the gray hair. Dumb, dumb line. He asked a player to go stand in the dumb, dumb line. Why don't you stand in the very mean person line? Okay. The very mean person. <laughs> was, I, I mean, 
listen, I don't want I don't want to go overboard here, but they found a way to make him even more unlikable. And you know, the, the, listen, one thing I like about Ted Lasso is that they don't make you try to sift through a bunch of you know hidden messages. The first thing Nate does when he gets in his office is he goes on Twitter and look, tries to find people gushing about the Wonder Kid. You know, the the fact that he's like deeply insecure and that's kind of generating this kind of nasty behavior is very obvious. With that said, listen, I know he's got the family stuff. He's got you know the dad who doesn't you know believe in him or encourage him, but this is this is despicable. It's unacceptable. And he, had, again, everybody's predicting the Nate redemption arc. There is no redemption in my book. He is forever tainted to me. And I'm sorry. Please, the four is, Zach, take it away. What are your thoughts on that? Um, Regarding with Nate, well, first of all, spoiler, if you haven't seen the first episode, spoiler alert. Mm, true. I think he's going to be redeemed. I think they have to redeem him. I don't know. Um what that is going to be. Like I was reading stuff online too. Um, people are saying like, do, does he deserve to be redeemed? I know, I know, I know Alex, you are a very big, you're very anti oh, yeah. Nate the great, but I know, I know he's a bad guy, but I think one of what, so one thing I had, one thing I thought was after he was spitting in the, What's it called? The 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 press conference, the press conference, make himself better. I think he's gonna start having panic attacks too, and start realizing he's not good enough for the job. Yeah. And then Ted's gonna come in, you know, be like, "Hey, you're just like me." And then Ted's something's gonna be like, "Wow, well, I am just like Ted. I want to be more like Ted." And then that's that's my prediction of how it's gonna go. That's a really good theory. You know, I think the kind of with the Ted thing, it's. You know, it's obvious he kind of owns the podium. He's very different than Nate. Obviously, Nate has the, the schematics of, of soccer down a lot better than Ted does. But Ted has a way of just he just has this this combination of like charisma. And the, but it's he also was able to have like these deep kind of thoughtful conversations. Jake, this is not the same Ted we saw, you know, in season one, season two, that like comes into Rebecca's office and hits us with a, a funny one liner that makes our heart warm. He's really kind of like opening up the door. He's talking about you know, the fact that he has panic attacks, he's taught, he kind of made fun of himself in that whole presser as a way of, you know, avoiding Rebecca's request to insult Nate and kind of defend himself. Jake, what do you expect out of Ted in this season? What do you think about this kind of new Ted, this new Ted who's questioning his role, you know, in AFC Richmond and kind of just, you know, maybe starting to like unravel a little bit. Is he all in? That's a good question. I mean, uh, as we saw from uh, the first few minutes of the series, uh, or excuse me, the season opener, you know, he's with his kid. He's sending him back to Kansas with his mom. You can tell that there's still a piece of him that's across the ocean with his uh, family. Well, I mean, like, I, I guess kind of like what's left of his family since he's divorced. Um, and yeah, he, he has a lot to think about. Is it, is he, uh, destined to be here in England? Is he destined to go back and be with his kid and be, and uh, be a present father? And it's just a, a, a lot of things to think about. So I think for this season, Ted's probably going to just go on this roller coaster of a, a thought train yeah i think you're and he, he's he got this 
really tough battle about the fact that like he's kind of missing out on his kid's childhood. Uh, uh, you know, trigger warning, uh, spoiler alert, the episode ends with Ted kind of learning that his, you know, mommy has a new friend. I forgot what the guy's name was, like Dominic or something. Jake. What, what, it was oh, Jake. Oh, my God, Jake. <laughs> Jake, it's you? Jake. You're banging Ted Lasso's Are you ripping Ted's heart out? <sighs> it's not me, man. I, I don't claim that, Jake. <laughs> Listen, the guy's not on his plate, though. It's tough. It's tough. By the way, this made me, I don't know why this made me think of this. Can we take a quick kind of aside here and talk about the theme song, which Zach hates? Is is oh. that is it is it Mumford and Sons? I, can you talk about the, the one thing that made you hate it? That one like sequence from scene to theme song? Yeah, like in season two, um, Rebecca just finds out her dad dies and it's like super emotional. And then you just hear, yeah. Yeah, that's how the theme song started. It was such a inappropriate transition. And it's just yeah. it, I don't know. I would <laughs> if I were to if I was in charge of the theme picking the theme song for Ted Lasso, never in a million years would I be like, oh. This is the one we got to do. This is this is it. You've got so many great Mumford and Sons songs to 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 pull from, Jake. I know you like this theme song. You got something to say? Yeah. So before I get into the theme song, I just want to mention Zach. It sounds like what you just said. It sounds like you don't hate the theme song. You just happen to hate the placement of said theme song in that certain episode. I mean, oh. and, and, and keep in mind, this is just one episode out of a 30 something what 30 a total of a grand total of 34 episodes i believe so i i think you're just kind of honing in on one little instance um i i was giving an example of why i don't like it but i think overall it's just not a great song jake you got him he, he's okay. clearly his back is against the wall well, i i, I right. will say i like how at the end of the theme song, it kind of goes kind of soft, which I feel like that's the direction of the show. Hmm. Like it starts off super loud, super funny. And then now we're kind of seeing like a different side of Ted Lasso, kind of like what you were saying, Alex. And the theme song kind of ends in a very soft, um, melodic way. So I don't know if that was part of the decision planning. I could have picked a much better song that starts off hype and then transitions into something else. But that's a beautiful observation. I really like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I personally love the theme song, though. I've listened to the the official theme song, like the whole two minutes and however many seconds on Apple Music, and it's actually really, really good. You know what? I know your opinion's invalid because you, you use Apple Music. Ooh. Apple Music is better than Spotify. So. Jake, Jake, wrong the platform we use is sponsored by it. We're we're on Anchor right now. Okay, they're gonna pull our sponsorship. Okay? Oh, <laughs> oh. Hey, listen, you know if they pull our sponsorship, life will go on. So I also don't think they care. Um, but what was I guess? Oh, I wanted to go back a little bit to this, like Ted owning the podium, because I was thinking about like other coaches I think of who kind of own the podium, and most of the guys I think about. Who, like like Belichick, Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid give kind of like their cheeky one-word responses. Like they're kind of funny, but they don't go on these like long soliloquies like Ted does, you know? And then you have other guys, you know, like Joe Judge, Adam Grace, Adam, sorry, Adam Gase, Matt, Patricia, Reliance, who did go on kind of those long rants, but they just kind of shot themselves in the foot and made the media and the fans hate them. And Ted has this unique ability to toe the line where he does kind of, you know, 
talk and talk and talk, but it just makes us want to listen more and more and more. That's a unique class. I was thinking about who does that. It's guys like Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Dan, the man, MCDC, Dan Campbell's that you were waiting for it. It's guys who like for Steve Kerr, and Greg Popovich, they talk really kind of eloquently when it comes to like social issues and things like that. Dan hasn't gotten too deep into that. He's more, he's just like this, you know, charismatic, lovable guy. And I think, you know, Ted's, he's in, he's in a, a very on a very short list of guys who can talk a lot at the podium and people want to hear it and they don't put their foot in their mouth. So shout out to Ted Lasso. Now, to be fair, he is reading a script, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Zach, Jake, I know you guys had some stuff you want to talk about. If you want to bring something up now, go for it. Uh, to start us off, one thing I do want to talk about, because you just talked about Dan Campbell and Matt Patricia. One thing I thought of when I was watching Nate's press con or Nate coaching versus Ted Lasso coaching. I got a very similar vibe between Dan Campbell and Matt Patricia. Ooh. Dan Campbell is, you know, very much in my opinion, kind of similar to Ted Lasso. He's a funny guy. He wants he brings the best out of you, you know. Whereas Nate is just demeaning players. Like the reason why Darius Slay left was because Matt Patricia said, Oh, you'll never be as good as I think it was a keep to leave. I think that was a cornerback he keep. Darius Slay compared himself to, and Matt Patricia was like, "You'll never be like him. You're not. You're not as good as him. You'll never be as good as him." And it kind of was saying, "What was that? The, like the dum dums circle?" Yeah, Nate, Nate was telling. Like, it was like is, the first practice. He was like, "Excuse me, uh, can you go stand on this line? This is the dum dum line." It's like, why don't you stand on the dum dum line, you dum dum? Remember that part in Night in the Museum where it's like dum dum wants gum gum? Uh-huh. Remember that part in the, the museum? I don't know. Lauren and I saw dum dum when we went to New York. Oh yeah, it's right. That's he, didn't say, he didn't say that to me, but uh, ah, don't think I'm, I'm, I'm sure he was feeling it. But anyway, yeah, I thought that was one big thing was I was like, man, Nate, and with the way he talked to the way he was making fun of one of the reporters, Matt Patricia did the same thing. Um, like, so our reporter asked him a question, and Matt Patricia was like, Would, can you just stand up when you talk to me? Or like, sit up? Just let, let's have some respect. I forgot about that. That's such, dude, this is such an amazing comparison. First of all, um, Terrible. He's he, like, and uh, Nate was like, I'm surprised someone dressed so smartly could ask such a stupid question. I have a terrible accent. Just stupid question. It's like, dude, you, you rode Ted's coattails, man. You made one good play, which probably shouldn't have worked. And listen, I could talk about Nate all day. Well, I digress. Um, something else. I have another good uh, comparison here for um, this is more so for, for, well, actually, no, before we do that, I want to talk about a different West Ham coach. The assistant coach took over when Nate had to go talk with uh, with Rupert for a little bit. And the guy's name is Disco. And he's also got a great beard. You know, he's involved in sports. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of parallels to you, Zach. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on it. I mean, I didn't know Ted Lasso was a or Jason Sudeikis was a Spartan Tuba fan. Yeah, seriously. Can I'm you give you a little background about what the what where Tuba comes from for you? Or sorry, where Disco comes from for you? Yeah. So I was in the Michigan State marching band um, throughout my time in college. And back in the day, everybody in the marching band got a nickname. Um, eventually, the name started getting kind of mean and um, not politically correct. So everybody got <laughs> rid of it, except for the tubas. So the tubas are the only people in the band who have nicknames. And the name I received was Disco. And when I heard this on the TV show, I was like, whoa, they, they stole my, they stole my gig. You know, that's, that's me. <laughs> that's so convenient. Many, you know, so they just found that name. They found a guy named Disco who's a big into sports. 
I'm sure he played tuba in college too. Very likely. He seems like a guy. I stole my whole background. Just Both because my name is beard, you know, he's got, he's got a great beard. Just yeah. because my name is Disco doesn't mean I'm not ready to party. Oh my god! I mean, beautiful. What a what a fire line, and I I, I wish I used that in my four years. <laughs> I had, from 2017 to 2021, I had so many opportunities to use that. I never did. Now it's in the public stratosphere, though, you know, mm-hmm. where it belongs. Jake, I have a question for you. This is kind of a whole different topic. It's we we finally got some closure when it comes to Keeley and Roy. Well, maybe we didn't. Obviously, they have officially separated. Roy doesn't feel good about it. Keeley thought they were on a break, not a breakup, which I mean, we're going to get into like a Ross Rachel friends kind of situation. You know, we were on a break, but um, it's over. It seems like it's over. You've got the potential for Jamie Tart to fly in. Jamie Tart, da 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 da. Jamie, no. And then you got this. I mean, what's uh, what's Phoebe going to do? The uh, Roy's little niece, who's super cute. Like she's like Uncle Roy. What, what are you doing? You know, you you feel good about this? So, Jake, I only ask you: Where does Keeley and Roy, and frankly Phoebe, where do they go from here? Wow. I mean, where do you start? Well, first, I think this will inevitably lead back to the love triangle of Keely, Roy, and Jamie. I have absolutely no idea how it's going to play out. I, I'm not really sure who should end up with whom. Um, one thing is for sure, though, Phoebe. Oh, poor Phoebe. <laughs> Phoebe's the best. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, Keely did say that uh, they still plan on hanging out all the time. So that's good. Good point. Yep. Um, and I think from um, from uh, what I gleaned from the episode, it sounds like Roy and Keely are still going to be friends. You know, they're going to be very professional uh, about it. I could be wildly wrong, though, since it is just the first episode. but. I think right now it's just too early to tell. I think you're right. And, you know, it feels like such low hanging fruit for, you know, Keely and, and Jamie to have some like, you know, Keely feels vulnerable. There's some kind of one night stand situation. Roy finds out, gets really mad and like starts running after Jamie. And then his like super old man knees like break or something. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's just, it, it feels a little bit too easy. So I hope they kind of take it. If they do take it in that direction, there is something special about it. Um, Zach, I wanted to ask you about something else involving Jamie. It was the way when he said it smells like poopat and like his, his cool accent. That was, that's what I, Jamie has a lot of great lines in, in the show. A lot of great one-liners that's up there for me. Just the I was gonna, said poopat. I put that on my notes. Poopat might be my favorite thing Jamie said so far. Yeah, that was awesome. And listen, Jamie, I think he's, he, they're still kind of, you know, utilizing him well and that he's kind of like this pompous guy who thinks he's awesome. I thought he did a a good job of being that guy, but then also kind of utilizing Ted's metaphor for the sewer in the episode. Are we on the the same wavelength, are we? I have, I have something written down here. It's, it's different from the sewer, but Jamie won't like, everyone was like, oh, we're, we're projected to get last place in the Premier League. And then Jamie's like, don't worry, we got me. And then something, uh, some, Danny says something, and then Jamie says, bingo, El Ringo. And that, I think, is just Ted, you know, rubbing off on Jamie. Yeah. Jamie's starting to use these little 
jokey lines. And I kind of like that he's confident, but also, you know, a nice guy now. Yeah, it's it's kind of a cool, uh, you know, character arc, nice little development for him. But he's not like suddenly perfect. He's still, you know, super full of himself. So I do hope that, you know, when it comes to Jamie and Danny Rojas and, uh, and Sam and, and even like Isaac, who I feel like is getting more lines as the show progresses. I hope they kind of, you know, are, are utilized in, in this season um, because they, I feel like they add a lot to the show. And they, you know, whether it be like the the um, the Sam, Rebecca love story that happened a little bit. You got the Danny Rojas situation with the dog. Obviously, Jamie is a little bit more of a, a larger role in season one and two. But, you know, they, they add some really cool things to the show. And I think, you know, it's easy to kind of get bored of the same old, you know, Ted and him, him willing the team to win, even though it's not all about winning. I think it's cool that they kind of spice it up with those supporting character arcs. Um, but yeah, any, what, something else you guys want to pull out from your notes, by the way. I, mean, I got I, I got a lot of things here. Jacob, do you want do you, do you want to take one from here? That's okay. It, they're they're your notes, man. Okay. Um, one one quick thing. Um, when Nate was given the presentation, the background or the interview, when he was, gosh, what's the word? Press a press conference thank you yeah and he was doing that the background was all red signifying like evil i think and then Ooh. ted was going it was blue even though west ham's colors i think are maroon so i thought it was interesting he had a red background yeah big catch i like that um in, in each of the seasons move sorry so moving on from that in each of the seasons the first episode starts off with like a zoomed in like they zoom in on somebody's eyes and they pan out the first season was Rebecca. The second season was Nate. And the third season was Ted. So I think that it is going to be the last season because they've got, they hit, they hit Ted. It'd be kind of weird if Coach Beard was season four, you know, zooming in on his old eyes. Yeah. It, you know, that's funny. Oh, you know, this reminds me, I don't know if I mentioned this one in the season openers. It was Lost. Um, oh. The season two opener where they finally go into the hatch. Mm-hmm. That was that's like that's actually that's one of the a great one hit, like season opening episodes ever at least on IMDb. That's up there with Drake and Josh for sure. Yeah, that was awesome. But they also spoiler, you know, the show the series opens and closes with Jack Shepard's like eyes. So mm. you know, interesting. They're kind of taking a taking a page out of the Lost handbook. Yeah. Hopefully they don't do the part where it gets bad and you know the end of the show. <laughs> I love Lost. I love. No one loves Lost more than me, but we all know it spiraled. Okay. Oh, it did. It did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what are you going to do? Hey, can I ask a quick question? What's going on with uh, with Dr. Fieldstone and, and that random guy? What was that? That felt so like, just what what's going on there? I gotta be honest. I didn't know she like guys because she was on, talking to somebody on the phone when she had the bike accident. Mm-hmm. I just assumed it was like, a girlfriend. I think didn't they show a scene of her talking to like a woman during season two? And they were like at dinner. Or am I making that up? Jake, do you know? I don't remember this. Or she, she was telling her, the the other woman about her experience with Ted, and the other woman was telling her about an experience with somebody else. Oh, oh, that that does sound familiar. Yeah, and I it don't just know. Felt like it was her, you know, her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I did not um, peg Doctor Fieldstone for guys, hunky guys like that. Yeah, I know he looked like the guy that. Rebecca had the one night stand with with the the waiter from that one. He did yeah. So I doubt it's the same guy, but Dr. that crazy. Fieldstone. Yeah, that would be nuts. That talk about a love triangle. But yeah. Dr. Fieldstone, shout out Good You're for you, man. Helping Ted by day and you know pulling at night. <laughs> uh, 
Shout out, Dr. Fieldstone. She's she's come. I, I remember I really didn't like her in the beginning, but she's I I you know a big fan now. It's cool. Ted, you know, utilizes her services, and I think she really helps him a lot. I'm 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 glad she's still around, even though she's not working for the team anymore. She still wants to help Ted out. Because I remember, like Ted was like, "You only do this because you get paid." And mm. I don't I don't know if Ted's still paying her right now, or if they're just talking as friends. But yeah, nice to know that they're that she doesn't she doesn't have to since she's not doesn't work for the team anymore. But it's still nice she wants to talk with Ted. Yeah, she's integral to like the the Ted you know emotional vulnerability kind of story arc in the show. Jen, she's a vital part of it, and I'm glad she's still around. Guys, what else? Dip into the notes, please. Feel free. Um, I I looked online. I saw two things I thought were interesting. Um, apparently Rebecca has a serious talk with Ted once a season, kind of like the, like like so, so, uh, she has a big talk, like the penultimate penultimate. What is it? How do you say that? The one penultimate. Yeah, a penultimate. Thank you. Um, so I wonder if Rebecca's going to say Ted. I'm, I'm based off what I've seen. I'm worried that Ted's not going to be all in, and Rebecca might say, "Ted, I love you, but I don't know if you're. This is, I don't know if you should be here anymore. You should be back home." Oh, you're saying she says this like later in the season, like in the second I, I, episode of this. Yeah. Season. Okay. That's that. That's what I'm going. That's that's a hypothesis. Ooh, I could see it, man. I mean, he. You know, I I, I was thinking about this comparison. It's reminding me a little bit of Aaron Rodgers entering the upcoming NFL season where he's likely going to be playing for the Jets, right? It just feels like he wanted to go back to Green Bay and they didn't want him. And for Ted, I, you know, I feel like he's going through the motions. It's like, all right, you know what? I'm here. It feels like this is the right thing to do. I already sent Henry home. I, you know, these players depending on me, I guess I'll just do it again. Hopefully we win some games, you know, and, and the, he just, the energy is off. He, he looks kind of like worn down a little bit to me. And for, for Aaron, it was like, I think it was very obvious when he went on the Pat McAfee show, it felt like he, he wanted to be back in green Bay. I think even more than that, I mean, this is kind of, we're getting deep in the air and thing. I, I think he wanted to, to control everything as he has done the last few off seasons. And for finally the Packers put their foot down and said, we'll make the decision for you. We're tired of waiting for you to, you know, go into the darkness and come out and make your choice. And now it's like, okay, I, I'm going to go to the jets. Cause you know, I don't want to, you know, have the Packers now want me and just retire. You know, so now it's like, oh, I wanted to go to the Jets. You know, I'm I want Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis and all my guys to come with me, and you know, we're gonna make something happen. So we'll see. I'm seeing some narratives. I don't know how the Jets are gonna do this year with Aaron. I don't know how AFC Richmond's gonna do there with Ted at the helm. I hope it's good. Um, you know, obviously we're rooting for him, but something feels off. Something's got to change. Where Ted's got to kind of be reinvigorated in this team that you know they better not finish 20th, okay? And you know, according to Nate, they better not finish 21st. God, I hated that line. Oh my God. Don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. That's basically everything I have. I have one more thing, but it's not like super interesting. Please go for it. There was a song, I think, in season one called Strange. Oh my God, dude. I I have a playlist of of sad songs. Mm-hmm. And that, I the order is very methodical in this playlist. <laughs> and it gets kind of there's like a gets really, really sad towards the end. And you get kind of some happy songs at the end to kind of bring you out of the rut. That song is at like peak sad. Oh yeah. I mean, that's a tough one. It, it it's it's so good. But what is anyway, it, friends? Friends turn into lovers. So so this is yeah, what I was it. gonna say. So I saw a theory online that this was kind of the prediction of Roy and Keeley. So oh. this this the song is isn't it strange how people can change from strangers to friends 
friends into lovers and strangers again. Oh my God. So they started off strangers, you know, and then they were friends when with, with you know, hating Jamie and then friends into lovers started dating and then now they're broken up and I hope this doesn't happen, but they might be, you know, they're hanging out less and be, might become strangers. Yeah. You're, you're coming out with just absolutely sizzling takes right now. I read that one online, so I don't want to take credit for that one. But no, hey, uh, you're bringing them to the table, though. You just singed my eyebrows off. That was flaming hot take. I love it. Man, Jay, you got any hot takes? Let me come on. Let me hear something. Let her rip. Um, I mean, I haven't really been thinking about the episode too much. Um, I uh. I mean, of course, I'm ecstatic to see the rest of the season. Uh, one thing I did want to mention that I don't think was brought up here. So, well, I think it it it, it was mentioned. You know how um, Nate's hair has slowly been going from black to gray uh, over the course of season two? Yeah. Yeah, I think that kind of represents his transformation from, you know, uh, being it you know, like uh, rising up to be an assistant coach for Richmond and then just kind of becoming arrogant and mad and just insecure. Oh, the worst person like ever to be born in this world. No, I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not kidding, actually. Yeah. And I think I read somewhere that uh, the gray hair is supposed to, is also supposed to like symbolize how he's becoming more like Rupert, if that makes any Ooh, sense. I like that. That, you know, yep. Rupert is he's such like a cheeky little, you know, he is. And he, he like, you know, he loves to spite uh, Rebecca and he's got, I swear he had a kid with his, like his new wife just to like spite Rebecca. Cause he never, they never had children. It's just, I don't know. You know, it, it's a whole, it's a whole labyrinth of problems yeah. and he yeah. is at the helm of it. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, do- sorry, Jake. Yeah, but- Lauren's surprise appearance from Lauren. Oh, wow. You know who, uh, who didn't watch this episode? Lauren, because she slept through it. You know, I saw the part. Um, there was a theme song, and they had just, everybody ranked them wrong in the league or something. Oh, God. And that Rebecca lady looked very pretty. She looked very well rested, and I liked her outfit in the first scene. So, theme song. So, Lauren got the first scene in. That's her name good. is Rebecca, isn't it? No, no. Okay, yeah, you got that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Lauren. God, Alex. First of all, take note that I showered. Lauren, you want that on the podcast or? Look, I'm clean. I don't. Okay. <laughs> and you didn't respond to my text. Hey, I'm Jacob. Doing the pot. Hey. I'm sorry, Jacob. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just wanted. I wanted Lauren to. Oh, no, you're fine, man. You're fine, man. Jacob, when you're done with the pot, give me a hug. I'll be in Maddie's room. Alex, feel free to cut that out. Feel free to cut all this out. I, actually, while you're cutting stuff out, I love you, man. Oh, I love you too, man. We'll keep it. In. We'll keep it. Fuck oh. <laughs> oh, Lauren. Okay. Oh my god. Okay. Bye, bye, boys. All right, man. Well, let me throw this at you guys. I'm gonna read the uh, the second episode plot that is being released. Uh, not tomorrow, I think, but the next day. Oh, we're taping this Monday night. And the episode comes out Wednesday. So it'll be posted tomorrow, Tuesday. So the episode, it's, it's called Plot. The plot is, I don't want to go to, in parentheses, Chelsea. 
and it is news of a top player looking to move to London sends the English clubs into a frenzy. Richmond plays their first game back in the Premier League. So, and the, like the thumbnail of it, I'll show you guys. It's a picture of uh, of Higgins, Keeley, and Rebecca like sitting in the stands watching. So, um, you know, they look they, they have a pretty kind of funny look on their face. So, love Higgins, by the way. He's the best. He's the goat. Um, any predictions? Let's start just kind of like acute predictions for episode two. Anything fancy going on there? Is Richmond going to land this fancy new player? Is he going to go to, to, to West Ham? Is he going to go to some other team? Jake, you want to go first? I mean, I got nothing. I feel like Ted is going to work his charm on this player, but, you know, it all – it, 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 it's all up in the air. I think this yeah. player has to go to either Chelsea, uh, Richmond or West Ham. Why else would they throw him in? Yeah. Without him being a significant part, I guess. Um, wait, what can you, can you read, can you read the synopsis again? There's something in there I wanted to talk. Oh, oh, oh no, no, no. You said, um, what do you think is going to happen? I, th- I think they're going to lose. It feels that way. It, it feels that way right now. I don't know. It's it's it, it's a tall task, and I, I know that the theme of the first episode, not the theme, but something they talked about, is that it's you know Ted kind of wants to stick with the players he's got. He cares about them on a personal level, and Rebecca and, and to a lesser extent Higgins want to go out there and get some some new players. And you know, I think I think the term is like buy players when it comes to English soccer. Um, they want you know buy some new players and kind of upgrade the roster that's ranked to finish that's projected to finish last. So they're trying to change the their future externally i think ted wants to change it internally through you know motivational speeches and big um you know field trips to the sewer um but you know sometimes the smell of poop at is not gonna save your season maybe you need some more talent hopefully it comes from this guy but listen we got some things to look forward to for episode two any can i can i get one projection from each of you guys what's going to happen this season something that's going to happen this season i have i have a hunch Let's hear it. I don't think they're going to win at all. Yikes. Um, I, however, I know there's like cups that people can, uh, teams in the Premier League can win. Yeah. Like, or like tournaments or something. I think they might win one of those. And like, that'll be like the big finale was, would be winning this maybe against West Ham, maybe against Manchester city. Cause they cannot beat those guys. Oh God. Um, But I don't think they're going to win the Premier League. I think being ranked, 20th i don't see a way how that they defy all odds even even with ted lasso's magic yeah. i mean if, if they did win i wouldn't i won't complain but i don't think that's the direction they're going at least right now i don't yeah. i don't see i don't know I don't, I don't see it based off what i've seen from the first episode i remember grayson was talking about it when we talked about we talked about ted lasso kind of at the end of season two and he was saying you know the perfect recipe of not exceeding reality and saying, oh, they saw inexplicably win after being essentially the worst roster in the Premier League versus like them just stinking. And like, you know, that's no fun for the fans um, unless they, they do something super cool with it. But, you know, the cool recipe would be to to beat West Ham to prevent them from winning the Premier League. And that would be kind of like a cool way to toe that line. But I, if it's not that, I don't know what they do because it's hard. It would be ridiculous if they won. And it would just kind of suck if they, you know, were awful and got relegated again. I mean, that's how the, the you know the super awesome Emmy award winning show ends. That where it's all about positivity and you know seeing the good in people is 
the good the good guys lose. I mean, it, it feels like that can't be the way it ends. Jake, what's going to happen in season three? This can be anything. This could be it could be you know Phoebe eating ice cream. It could be Roy punching Jamie in the face. It could be something with Sam. It could be anything. What are your thoughts? Some take, some hot take. I think at the end, just as uh, how Ted posed the question in the beginning of, you know, what is he still doing here? I think he's going to end up realizing that he belongs back home uh, with his son. And uh, I think at the end of the season, no matter how it turns out, he's going to leave. Um, I, 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 sorry. I'm, I also d- just wanted to say too. I'm pretty sure Jason Sudeikis said that the show is pretty much made for three seasons, so it's kind of looking like this is the last one. Yeah, I think he said something like, "This is the end of the story we want to tell." Um, but it's just interesting that, like, you know, again, I don't know how much of his say he has, like, you know, the star, and I think he's one of the executive producers now, versus like Apple who, you know, is the platform for the show. Like they didn't market it as the last season, you know, and like that certainly could probably like increase viewership. So I, my guess is they probably want it to keep going for another season or two, you know, make a little more cheddar. But um, I think I, my guess is the amount of people who have Apple Music or Apple TV solely, you know, pay the 10 bucks a month solely to watch Ted Lasso is probably a huge majority of, of their viewership. I've, you know, people like The Morning Show, people like what was the new Selena Gomez documentary. Like there's <laughs> other things out there, but Ted Lasso is king. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, I think the sad thing is, I think you're right. And I think, I just hope they do it in a way that's like satisfying and fulfilling for the viewers because that's, that's a hero, man. He's a hero. His mustache is just immaculate. And we all, you know, Jason Stake is, is he's still killing it. And he, we still got some one-liner zingers. Um, you know, I, for, I, I don't remember them exactly, but he, he's still on top of this game. So the show is in a great spot. And it's come along. I saw another thing in, in the, uh, the Ringer article. It's come a long way from being like a 27 minute sitcom to now being like a 45 minute, you know, deep, heart wrenching, emotional kind of thrill ride that it's be- evolved into in season three and a lot, frankly, a lot of season two as well. So it's exciting. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's number four in my top 15 TV shows of all time. So I, I would hate to move it down. Wow. So you know, I, I do hope you, you're right. They they end it. If, they, if this is last season, I hope they end it perfectly and they don't keep on making more just to make more money. Yeah, it would it would just be like such a, a distant, I don't know, reality of what the show was before. And I think they've done a great job of changing it and adapting it and keeping it fresh without getting away of the core of what it is, which is a feel good show that, you know, leaves you smiling. But I think it's uh, it's number six for me right now, by the way. So, number six. Nice. Yeah. But we'll see. Hopefully it climbs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the whole magic of the show is that it really is a rare breed because there's basically almost no cynicism. It's very authentic. It's very real. It's it's the show we need. It's a show we need. It's a show we love. So Hopefully it, it, it earns our continued love and it's mm-hmm. super awesome. I'm hoping it's great. I hope we can watch more episodes together this, uh, you know, the rest of season three. And, you know, I'm thinking maybe like, you know, the halfway point, certainly for the season three finale, we'll, 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 we'll reconvene. Maybe we'll get, you know, Grayson watches the show, Kristen watches the show. Um, so we'll get some more voices in here and we'll, we'll unpack, you know, a legendary TV show. I would love a mega episode of the top Ted Lasso season three. 
finale. That would be that'd be insane. That'd be legendary. Bring your tissue boxes. It might be might be emotional. <laughs> might be a tearjerker. Yeah. Yeah, guys, that's pretty much all I've got. Anything you guys want to bring up? It could be Ted Lasso or not Ted Lasso related. Should we give a sneak peek of uh, Uncle B? <laughs> Just to let the uh, people know what they're getting in the upcoming future. Alex, uh, yeah, go, go ahead, Jake. This, oh no, sorry. It's just the the sneak peek will be longer than that. How however long <laughs> the pod is right now. For those who don't know, Zach and Jacob, their dad, Brian Jennings, my uncle, the greatest uncle in the history of mankind. His 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 time on the pod is coming, and you know we're, we're making the scheduling work. My people are talking to his people, and. I actually spoke to him recently and we were, we were conjuring up some, some pretty filthy content. It's going to be awesome and it's going to be unprecedented and it's going to be historic. So, you know, get your popcorn ready. Cause that guy, he is a content machine. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having us again. I was honored to come back. Um, I love the podcast. I listen to every single, I've listened to every single episode. You're kind, man. I appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you for having us again. Of course. Of course. We'll uh, we'll run it back soon. And you guys, enjoy the rest of your night. Viewers, thank you for listening. I appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate you. <laughs>